Toyota is number one. Toyota is the largest car selling company in the world. And last year, they sold 10.3 million vehicles. Toyota, Volkswagen, is number two. Volkswagen is the second largest car selling company in the world. And last year, they sold 9.24 million vehicles. Toyota's number one, Volkswagen is number two. Everyone wants to be number one. Today's an interesting day. It's Transfiguration Sunday. It's the Sunday before Shrove Tuesday, the Sunday before Lent, as Beth reminded us, the Sunday before Valentine's Day. And of course, in terms of the monumental events of history, it is the Sunday before my 16th birthday this Thursday. <laughs> but it's also Super Bowl Sunday! Super Bowl number 58, featuring the forces of goodness, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I moved here from Missouri a couple years ago, and the evil, nasty forces of the San Francisco 49ers. So this evening, I will be glued to the television, hoping that my Kansas City Chiefs flag that's been flying from my house on Cambridge Avenue West will indeed help the Kansas City Chiefs to a victory. Of course, one team is going to win, and one team is going to lose. And I can predict that a number of players on the winning team tonight, when the game is over, they're going to raise their forefinger into the air, and they're going to say, we're number one, we're number one, we're number one. And then inevitably the TV camera will move to the losing team's side of the field. And I can guarantee you, no team member is going to have their hand in the air saying, we're number two, we're number two, we're number two. Because everybody wants to be number one. Everybody wants to be a Toyota and not a Volkswagen. In most cases, not all. Everyone would prefer to be the leader rather than merely a follower, the president of the company rather than a member of the workforce that works for the president, uh, the captain and not just a team member, the focus of the spotlight rather than standing in the wings, the valedictorian, rather than being 299th in the class. The general in command versus a private in the ranks. The chairperson, rather than a committee member. The champion, rather than a second place finisher. The focus of attention, rather than looking on from the sidelines. And yes, Miss America, and not first runner up. And yet, there's only one team that could be number one. 
one team that can be the champion, one person who can be the chair or the valedictorian or the captain or the president. But is not being number one worthless? Is not having been the top dog, the best, the champion, of no significance at all? Is there no value in being a Volkswagen and not a Toyota? John the Baptist was a Volkswagen. He was number two. You remember JTB? Strange Taylor, camel's hair garments. Even stranger diet, locusts and wild honey. I noticed in terms of the sales of food that are going out in Narthex, there was not a single locust, there was not any wild honey. And John said, the one who is greater than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his Nikes, of his sandals. I took liberties with the text. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. All of John's efforts and his successes and his positive PR with all the folks in the Judean countryside in Jerusalem, all of that seems now to have been eclipsed by the arrival of the Great One, the Expected One, right? The Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, John had been called to be a preacher and a baptizer, but Jesus was to be the Savior of the world. John the Baptist was a Volkswagen. He was not a Toyota. Now, I suppose that you and I can somewhat identify with John, not in terms of his tailor, and certainly not in terms of his diet, but in terms of his being a Volkswagen, not a Toyota. How many times does the limelight not shine on us? How often does somebody else get the credit, the center stage, the attention, the accolades? But was John the Baptist insignificant? Was his ministry unimportant? It may have been worth less than the person and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. But was John's ministry totally worthless? We would hardly say so. We would hardly say so. Well, today is not only Super Bowl Sunday, it's also Transfiguration Sunday. So on this Sunday, we observe the transfiguration of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who, along with three of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, go to the top of a hillside, and there Jesus is bathed in a bright light. And in a vision, the figures of Elijah and Moses appear and they strike up a conversation with Jesus. The disciple Peter suggests that they erect 
tent dwellings for Jesus and for Elijah and for Moses. Then a cloud comes upon them, and they hear a voice announcing, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. Now note in the story that Jesus is transfigured, not the disciples. Though the disciples would be indeed important, recall Jesus will send them out to share the gospel with all of the world. Just read Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. So although they were important, they were not Toyotas. Jesus was the Toyota, and they were Volkswagens. Now, if you listen to my recounting of that story of the transfiguration, who appeared to converse with Jesus besides Elijah? It was... Okay, I'm a retired professor, and I like asking these questions. Elijah is out there conversing with Jesus. Who is the second person? Moses! Thank you very much. Go to the head of the class. It is indeed Moses. Moses. And Moses is featured in an important story from the Hebrew Bible in the book of Exodus. Amalek and his followers, he was a king, Amalek, his followers were called Amalekites. So the Israelites were fighting with the Amalekites for possession of a particular piece of territory in the southern tip of Israel called Kadesh. Kadesh even to this day has an oasis there. So it was a strategic piece of ground. So the Amalekites and the Israelites are fighting over that important piece of territory. So Exodus 17 tells us the story of this battle. During the fighting, whenever Moses did what? Held up his hands, the Israelites prevailed. And whenever his hands descended, the Amalekites prevailed. Well, the symbol of the hands of Moses is a really important one in the Christian Old Testament, that is the Hebrew Bible. When Moses stretches out his hands, right, the plagues come in Egypt and the Israelites are freed from Egyptian slavery. When Moses stretches out his hands, the sea parts and the Israelites escape. When Moses stretches out his hands, when the chosen people are in the wilderness, what happens? They are fed and they are also given water to quench their thirst. And now... In the battle between the Israelites and the Amalekites, Moses' hands could mean victory. But there was a problem. Moses' arms were growing tired. So Aaron, Moses' brother, and her, by tradition, the husband of Moses' sister Miriam, hence Moses' brother-in-law, held up Moses' arms for him. And so with this support, Moses' arms remained outstretched, and the Israelites won the victory. Now the point I want to make is this. Moses was number one. He was the leader. He was the person whom God called 
to guide the people out of Egyptian slavery and into the land overflowing with milk and honey that is the promised land. So Moses was numero uno. He was a Toyota, not a Volkswagen. But without Aaron and her, the victory would have been lost. Without their efforts, the day would have ended in defeat. Aaron and her were not Toyotas, they were Volkswagens. They were number two, they were not number one. But without their support, the scoreboard would have read, Amalekites won, Israelites nothing. So I think this answers our persistent question from before. What this means is that God can use you, whether or not you're number one, the captain, a leader, a president, a committee chair, a general, or the best at something, that is, whether you're not a Toyota. And because God can use you, you're not worthless. God can use Toyotas, and God can use Volkswagens. <laughs> because Volkswagens can work for God's kingdom, their efforts are worth something very important. The last point I want to make this morning is that the Apostle Paul wrote two letters to the Christian church in Corinth, Greece. And in the first of those, he talks about members of a congregation being like various parts of the human body. And so he says the, the body of Christ, the church, has many members, but they're one body. So if the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Or if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Taking some liberty with the text, I will say, if a Volkswagen would say, because I am not a Toyota, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a valued member of the body of Christ, the church. Well, it's February, and it's Transfiguration Sunday, and it's Super Bowl Sunday, it's the Sunday before Lent, it's the Sunday before Valentine's Day. In this new year, God and God's church and God's kingdom, and this church right here, First Pres, needs all of us. It can benefit from all of our efforts, whether you and I are a Toyota or whether we are a Volkswagen. Amen. And go Chiefs. <laughs>